Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. Today on the podcast, we have Chelsea Gross, Certified Transformational Nutrition Coach from the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. Chelsea helps women break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom away from rules and obsession. In today's episode, we're talking about how to be successful while still working on yourself. So we really dig into how to share your story with your community, how to go through a health issue and really come out the other side and still be able to talk about it with your clients, Um, the idea of how to turn your mess into your message, and why things are happening for you and not to you. I'm really excited to share this with you guys, so let's get going. Hey, Chelsea, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. I'm really excited too. Um, This is a topic that I am really, really excited about because um, I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, I don't know if you agree, but I get that feeling that like a lot of us behind the scenes feel like we're maybe struggling with our health or we're not at that like perfect step yet. And yet, because we're in this health coach role, we feel like we have to kind of show up as that like perfect persona. Would you agree? I totally agree, and I think most coaches get into this line of work because of their own health issues, and they're even still working through things. So I think it's definitely a roadblock. It was for me, and it's something I've kind of had to work through and make peace with um, in order to like serve my community and really have a successful business. So yeah, I think everyone can really relate to this. Yeah, and um, I'm really happy that I'm talking to you about this because I know you're very open about your own um, health struggles that you've been through in the past and also that you're currently going through. And you've really um, come up with a really good, I guess, system for sharing that with your community um, in a way that probably feels like really um, good to you. You know, you're not maybe oversharing, you're sharing in a way that probably feels right. So why don't we just go into a little bit about your background and your story? You can maybe tell us a little bit about your health history and really what you do in your business now. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a certified transformational nutrition coach. So I work with women who are really ready to break free from dieting and make peace with food. So my whole platform and the foundation to what I do is really empowering women and educating women. I'm really big on still talking to them about food, so making sure that they feel comfortable and confident about their choices, honoring and nourishing their bodies with real whole foods, but again, from a very empowered and educated and in control perspective, um, kind of taking the control back from dieting instead of letting the diet control you. So I talk a lot too with women about lifestyle shifts, you know, from everything from stress and sleep and self-care, but my passion really is in mindset. So I help women really get to the bottom of why they may have a disordered relationship with food in their bodies in the first place and really the stories they've been telling themselves that are keeping them stuck. So I support them and I guide them in the process of unpacking all of that and practicing really just liking themselves and loving themselves so that they can actually really break free. So where all that comes from for me is 
a very long struggle with food and my body. So for many years, I was stuck in a pretty disordered cycle of restriction, binging, and purging. I didn't know at the time that that was the pattern of my cycle. I just thought I lacked willpower and self-control, and that was really why I kept looking to another diet or program or weight loss to fix me, when really, of course, it couldn't and it can't. So, um, you know, it took me some time to work through all of that, but having walked through those shoes, that's why I'm so passionate about showing other women that they can heal their relationship with food as well and that they're not alone. So that's where like my passion, my vulnerability with my story with food in my body really comes into play. Um, but my relationship with food in my body was actually not the catalyst for me, um, creating a career as a health coach. It, it actually came for me from pretty bad struggle with chronic pain. So I have struggled with chronic back pain since 2014. It's gotten a lot better now, but in 2014, it was really, really like just a very, very dark time. I had no awareness at the time about holistic health. So I was seeing all different types of conventional doctors and getting treatments and procedures and injections and taking pain meds and all this stuff. And I was struggling still at the time with my relationship with food in my body. And I've had a lot of other types of health issues in the past as well. So everything from anxiety and depression to heartburn, to headaches, to chronic viral infections, literally all kinds of stuff. So in 2014, when I started dealing with this chronic back pain, it was finally that last straw. It was something that I could no longer ignore. It was just this huge red flag waving in my face to finally kind of wake up and start dealing with things. Um, I've dealt with a lot of kind of like repressed or suppressed emotions, um, not feeling good enough, not feeling loved, not feeling worthy, having a lot of anxiety and insecurity in who I was. So all of the pain and kind of all those health issues really came to a head. And I just basically made a vow to myself one night, kind of crying and just sort of suffering through everything I was going through that I was going to try to really get out of this place and take accountability of everything and do the hard work. So that's exactly what I did. I was lucky enough at that time to stumble across my nutrition program. So back in 2014, not that many people were becoming health coaches as they are now. Um, You know, social media was still really new. So you still had to sort of search around online (laughs) Mm -hmm. to to find programs and stuff. And um, because I was dealing with chronic back pain, I knew it would be difficult for me to actually go into a classroom and sit down and and go through, you know, kind of the day-to-day of going back to school. Um, I had been graduated from college at this point for about seven years, I think. Um, and I was actually previously an actor out in LA, which is such a silly career for someone who has a disordered relationship with food in her body. But for some reason, that's, that's where I ended up. Um, but I really wasn't happy. That wasn't really turning into anything for me. I was working part-time at retail jobs and stuff like that. So I knew I always had a passion for health and wellness. But again, because I had struggled so much with food in my body, I kind of thought, who would I be to actually help others with this when I'm still struggling myself? Kind of the topic we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm lucky enough that I found ITN, which is the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. And I went through their program uh, fall of 2014. And the reason I was so attracted to that program is because they teach not only the science of nutrition, but the psychology and spirituality of eating and nutrition as well. So I was kind of like, wow, this is something that could actually help me myself, help me work through my issues and my relationship with food and just learning more about not just the what, but the why. 
And it kind of just totally changed my life forever. It was the first time I learned that things don't happen to us, they happen for us, which is another big thing that helps support me and really putting my story out there and being passionate and vulnerable um, and to help others is because I know that I went through all of this stuff with my health and the pain and food and my body for a greater good. So it's kind of been like the driving force for me feeling comfortable to put myself out there. Um, and I also learned that you can make your mess your message. So those are my two main like mantras or saying or kind of affirmations that keep me going. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that was um, let's see, four and a half years ago at this point. And, um, it's been a journey. I mean, I, I, I have healed my relationship with food and my body. Um, and I have gotten to a much better place with my back pain. It's still something I deal with. Um, but unfortunately once I started thinking I was really coming to a good place with my health, I started dealing with a lot of mystery gut issues, um, which took me three years to finally get diagnosed as Lyme disease and co-infections of Lyme. So I've kind of truly been through everything and anything you could ever imagine health-wise. Um, so, you know, it's been it's been difficult and I'm very real about that, how hard it has been for me. And I've gone to the place now where I think I've struck a pretty good balance between sharing enough so that people get to know me and trust me and, you know, can see that I'm a real person with real struggles. Um, you know, I'm not just this like quote unquote perfect health coach who's like always had a good relationship with her body or with food or hasn't dealt with health issues. I certainly have dealt with all of it. And I I enjoy putting that out there because it makes me feel close to my community. But I also have to be careful to take care of myself and also not put too much out there because I still want to hold the space as a coach and, you know, a guide and a support system for people. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm very grateful for everything I've been through. There's no way I would have ever gone back to school. I would have ever started my business. And I also don't think I would be successful without any of that stuff as well. And it's also just forced me to be a better person. I mean, I've worked through so much of my emotional health and, um, just gotten to the root of a lot of things and just come to a much more balanced and peaceful place. So, it's certainly been a whirlwind and it, I'm still working through the Lyme and the gut issues and stuff like that and, you know, some other things as well. But yeah, that's pretty much kind of what got me to where I am today and really why I am so passionate as well. Yeah. I mean, that story is like when I listen to that, I get chills because I feel like it's such a common story. Like I could not – obviously, I didn't go through the same things that you've been through, but I can really put myself – Um, or see a reflection of myself in your story because same for me, you know, I had all these chronic um, headaches, chronic migraines, um, really bad gut issues and struggled for a really long time until I sought help. And then I wasn't really sure, you know, how much of this do I share with my community? You know, how vulnerable should I be? You know, are people going to judge me? Are they going to think that I'm not a good health coach? Are they not going to invest in me? And I really struggled with that for quite a long time. So how did you kind of approach the idea of being more open and vulnerable with your community? Was this something that is just so natural to you? Or did you learn it somewhere? Like, how did you really approach that? Yeah, I certainly had a lot of the same you know, hesitations and anxieties about it as you did in the beginning. And it actually held me back from really taking the first leap with my business. Once I graduated from nutrition school, I sort of 
took my time. I was still dealing with a lot of the the chronic pain and health issues and stuff. So I I really took my time in launching my business. But then when I was ready and, you know, had my website set up and my packages and everything ready to go, I still didn't really like pull the trigger because I was like, gosh, who's actually going to trust me when I'm still suffering? Um, so it, it took me a lot of time. I know that maybe anyone who would follow me now wouldn't think so because I am so open now. But if you think, it's been a couple years and I've only continued to get more comfortable. So I really in the beginning didn't share a lot. Um, I was talking more about things I was excited that I had just learned about with nutrition and lifestyle and stuff like that. I think it's just it just got to a point where I felt safe enough to just kind of test the waters and once I sort of put out that first story, so I think the things I first started talking about were my struggle with chronic pain and then kind of my past with food. And I don't remember if I was inspired from seeing other people do it or it just came from within. Maybe it just came from within because obviously like this is my purpose. Um, but once I put that first, those first few posts or those first few stories out there and I got a lot of positive feedback, that was motivation for me to keep going. So once I saw that it was safe to share my story and I saw other people being like, I've been through that too, or thank you for sharing, or I've been nervous to talk about this and you've made me feel less alone. It just kind of, again, helped drive me forward. And I kind of felt like the mission was bigger than me at that point. And I feel like, again, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And so I kind of feel like I was put on this earth to share my story. So it just, again, it felt bigger than me. And as I've continued to grow and grow my community and and even, yeah, connecting with clients and being able to tell them, I not only can I help you with this, but I've been exactly where you are and I know exactly how you're feeling and just seeing them kind of feel safe and there's that trust there. And when I was really struggling with all my stuff, especially with food and dieting and weight and all that, there was no one for me to look to. I mean, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, there was no social media. No one was blogging. The only place I had to look to were magazines, you know, like celebrity posts about what they eat in a day or their workout routine. You know, that's not really anything you can truly like grasp, you know, and and touch and feel and like nothing's really going to tug at your heartstrings with that. So I like to imagine that I'm I'm kind of the person that I wish I had when I was really struggling for other people. So it just, it feels like, I don't know, it's become a lot more natural for me, but I think that everyone everyone has a story and you don't have to have been through anything totally groundbreaking or really, really serious to deserve or feel worthy to put your story out there. It can even just be something simple or something with your energy or your digestion or Um, you know, just even like making the transition to real food or something with your stress, like everyone has a story and people love connecting with you. Um, especially for coaches, it's like they want to work with someone they know, like, and trust. And just with you, you know, anyone listening, it's like, who do you want to work with? You don't want to work with someone that paints this perfect image of themselves. You want to work with someone that you can actually relate to and connect to. And that way you're going to feel safe and safer to open up. And um, so I just kind of try to put myself in their shoes and be that, be the person I feel like they need. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, you brought up a lot of good points. And one that really sticks with me is that feeling that um, 
people don't want to work with something or someone that's perfect. And I think that that's what holds us back so much is that we need our website to be perfect. We need our message to be perfect. We need our like every single thing to be perfect. And we need to be that perfect model of health. And that can really hold us back because like you said, I know for myself, I want to work with someone who's real. I don't really care about perfect. Um, so sure, there's kind of a split or a difference between, you know, um, everything you create for your business being really presentable and really nice, but then also the way that you are with your clients. Mm-hmm. And I I saw that all the time where at first I didn't really, you know, a client might have been having headaches and I was like, okay, well, let me help you in these ways. And, you know, very like a logical approach um, and wasn't really sharing any about my struggles. You know, I still struggle with um, chronic migraines and it's something, you know, I've struggled with for a long time. And when I started, you know, sharing that with clients, they were like, oh, really? That is how you feel? That is what you went through? That was your experience? They just felt so heard and listened to. And I feel like that's exactly what changed the relationship that I have with these people. And it was really like, again, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but like dropping that idea of perfection and just being real and just showing up as you is really the the best thing you have going for you. And it's the strongest thing that you have. And it really is, like you say, making um, your mess your message, right? We don't mm-hmm. have to, it's not like you said, what's happening to us, it's what's happening for us. And I think that's such a really impactful and powerful thing to focus on when you are first starting out and you might feel like, who am I to share anything? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of just chat really quickly about um, the idea if maybe somebody right now is holding back because they're listening to what you said and they're listening to how you really shared your story and how um, people really received or were receptive to that and were really like kind and really showed you love, you know, what has that always been the case for you? Have you always had a really positive um, reception about what you've been saying? Because I know a lot of people worry about what happens if I get like lashback? What happens if people don't agree with me or they fight with me or if I'm not heard or listened to? What would you say to that? Yeah. Well, it's interesting as you say that the memories that kind of come up for me is like my childhood and feeling I struggled a lot with anxiety and it it came from when my parents separated, my mom started dating again. I placed so much safety and comfort in my mom and I feared her, something happening to her. Um, So that's a whole long story. But I suffered with this anxiety that I didn't even really understand at the time. And I remember when I would go to my mom or I would go to my sister, they would kind of say, don't be like that. Don't talk about that stuff. Like you should kind of have it all together. Like, why are you so emotional? Why are you so upset? So I actually came from the place of like never wanting to put my story out there. I just shared a story. Today's my seven-year anniversary um, of being with my fiance on Instagram. And I said that – actually, because she'll never listen to this. (laughs) I said someone close to me. It was actually my mom when I was really in the midst of struggling with a lot of my issues with food and mental health and health issues and stuff. And I I was single and I was dating. And she said to me, who's going to want to be with you when you have so many issues? 
And Mm. I just heard stuff like that my whole life. I felt like every friend I brought in, once I started telling them, you know, what I really felt or my really deep, dark secrets or even my – because I for so long had so much shame around my relationship with food, especially with binging and purging. It was so secretive. It was so shameful. I felt so guilty. I never talked to anyone about it, and I kind of lived a double life. I felt like I wore a mask around my friends, and I wanted to be this person, but I wasn't this person. Person. And so mm-hmm. I basically learned like, don't put yourself out there. Once you share, you know, the real truth, people are going to leave you or not accept you. And so totally, I understand that fear 100%. Um, but to be honest, I really have not received negative feedback for putting my story out there. I think it's because of the way that I've done it. Like I did start very slowly and I think I built trust with my community. Um, and then, you know, the way that I share, um, it's just, it's very real. It's, it's, I think because everyone has gone through a lot of the similar things, they can resonate with like the fear of putting that out there. So I think people are nothing but just loving and grateful. And I really don't think that anyone should be, obviously you're going to have fear and anxiety about kind of taking that first step and maybe sharing that first story. But I really doubt that people are going to be negative. Um, you know, I just, I really can't see that happening unless it's like a controversial topic around like politics or like something like that, that. you know, like, if it's, you know, you're making a really big statement. Yeah. Piece. If yeah. it's your personal story, like people are going to huddle around you. Like you said, people are looking for imperfection. People are so done with people being perfect and these Instagram influencers and models and stuff like that. Like people, yeah, people follow those people more than other people, which I still think is crazy because we want that realness. But um, Mm -hmm. people are just so like kind of like desperate and yearning for someone they can actually connect to and, and relate to. So put yourself in that shoes. Like you can be excited about it versus fearful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like really starting to show up as you and to show up, you know, like you say, I really like the idea of like that it's the mission, mm-hmm. right? And if you can kind of look at it as you're behind the mission and the mission is so much bigger than you, you can kind of even remove yourself from the situation. So like you're sharing for other people, right? And you're sharing for this bigger thing. And I think to me that really just puts it in perspective where it's not, I'm just sharing to like, be egotistical or share my story or have people like give me all this credit or feedback. It's really like, so someone else can see themselves in what you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And once you get that first comment, like I remember the first time I shared and like hiding away from my Instagram for a while and then going on and seeing like positive comments or getting messages and stuff. And then you're like, okay, I'm okay. It's going to be all right. And then it's going to be easier to put the other one out there. But I will say like, make sure it feels right. If you don't feel ready, then you're not ready. Wait till you're ready and, um, you know, don't force anything. You want it to feel real and like a mission and like a purpose. So it can take some time for you to get there. I, I wouldn't say you have to like launch your blog and all of a sudden like have this crazy intense, you know, painful story to share. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can ease into it. It can be your own kind of way of doing it. Yeah. So that being said, like how many steps ahead do you think um, you should be of your client? Because, you know, 
are you sharing when you're going through something? Are you sharing after you've been through it? Like, is there a rule like five years later you're sharing? Like how come kind of how much time or how many steps need to be in place before you start sharing these kind of more personal stories with your clients? Uh, yes. This is something I've had a, I mean, <laughs> I've had to learn because for a while, once I got in the groove of sharing, I feel like I was oversharing a little bit and I had to take a step back and remember that you know, some things can be kept personal. I I think sometimes I feel like I have to put every single thing out there and you don't. You can put as much or as little as you want out there. And um, I think people feel really, again, anxious about being able to step into the space of being a coach and being a guide for others while they're still going through things. But you don't have to be fully healed. And we're, I mean, I think healing and dealing with health issues or you know, any type of mindset issues or stress or wellness or whatever, it's an endless journey. So if we keep waiting till we're, you know, fully healed, it's probably never going to come. And I think as long as you're just that one step ahead, you know, you have to be in a place where you can hold that space for someone. I kind of like to think of like kind of the gauge of putting yourself out there. It's like if someone is to share their story back with you, are you going to be enough ahead of it and enough like kind of out of that place and out of that mentality to not feel triggered or not to take those issues on? Because that's really important too. Because if someone is investing in working with you or even just chatting with you off of social media or something like that, you want to be enough ahead of where they are to hold that space for them and help them and support them and guide them, not just kind of like commiserate necessarily with them. It's kind of a fine line. And I guess it's different for everyone. And I've certainly kind of muddied the waters um, over the years because I'm such an empathetic, compassionate person that I've kind of like sometimes sunk back into that world with people. But you have to remember like they're still looking to you um, you know, for that guidance and for that support. So as long as you're that one step ahead and you can kind of gauge, you know, with the different issues or maybe with food in your body or whatever and where you're at, if you feel safe to put that stuff out there. Because you don't want to put something out there that you're still truly in the thick of. And because mm-hmm. that's then not going to be therapeutic for you either to put that out there. It's therapeutic when you've kind of like moved. Because the stories that I share now about my past with food and dieting and restrictive eating and all this stuff, I am so far from that place now that anyone can share anything with me and it doesn't bring me back. It doesn't trigger me. I'm able to really lift them up, show them they're not alone, and kind of help hopefully facilitate moving them out of that place. Um, but, you know, like I've I've taken a step back in sharing a lot of my Lyme disease journey because I'm still in that and I don't have all the answers and I don't really necessarily feel comfortable with people kind of putting all their stuff about that on me because I don't really – I'm not an expert and I'm still struggling with it. So it's kind of a disservice to them if I were to take that on. You know, I can share bits and pieces, but I'm not really diving deep into sharing a ton about that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. You're really going to share from a place of knowing. And again, um, it doesn't have to be necessarily like years gone by or 20 steps ahead. It's like just that little bit of a difference of either time or space where you've sat with what you've gone through. Um, You've processed it and then you can share. So you're not really like sharing the emotions as they are today. You know, you have a little bit of, um, you know, you have a little time and space where you could really sit with them. Yeah. 
So I'd love to know um, when you're sharing a story and maybe it's a personal story, something from your past, um, do you have a purpose behind sharing it? Meaning like, is it to share so that um, you're engaging them to like maybe join a specific program of yours or like you're giving them a call to action? Like, hey, um, I've shared this story kind of and here are my takeaways from it. um, And here's what I want you to do now. Or are you sharing just to share? Definitely both. I mean, there's times where I'll share a personal story and kind of the progression of my relationship with food and my body. And at the end, maybe I'll make a call to action to book a discovery call or talking about my one-on-one coaching program or my, I have a break free from disordered eating ebook or join my Facebook group or listen to my podcast, (laughs) all these things. So it's like, (laughs) there's kind of a lot. Um, So yeah, definitely. But also much of the time I'm just coming on to share my biggest mission is like to show women they're not alone. So I talk about a range of different things like my own personal story, but then just like things that maybe they may be going through with stress or mindset or the diet mentality, um, body image, body love, confidence, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it definitely depends. I definitely come on with some sort of a like mission and I like to make my posts be personal and then kind of an inspiring, uplifting tone at the end because I don't want it to be just like, this is blah, this is what I'm going through. Um, I'm really struggling with this and just kind of like leave it there because again, I still want to hold the space that I'm this coach and this support system for you, you know, and I have these programs and I do offer coaching. So I certainly try to, you know, be real and raw and honest and personal. And then at the end, kind of show maybe what I've learned from it or why, if you're going through this, you're not alone or just some sort of like putting a kind of like tying it all up with a bow. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think that feels good for people too, not just like leaving yeah. everything there and just like having them kind of make sense of it. Definitely. It's like some kind of like bigger message or what you want them to do with the information. So do you, I mean, I've heard in the past that um, posting on social media or sharing online, you can kind of look at it in a few different ways. And the kind of buckets that I look at it in is um, sharing inspirational content, sharing educational content, and sharing entertaining content. Yeah. Do you kind of follow something similar or are you like very much on the inspiration train or do you like to balance like what you're giving and, and, um, like if it's more educational, if it's more inspiration. Yeah, I I've heard that too. I guess I don't totally subscribe to that, or I just don't have kind of like a recipe with my posts like that exactly. I don't schedule them out like that. Um, but I I I go. I would say mostly off of like how I'm feeling in the moment, my own just kind of like what I've been going through, what I think maybe my audience or community may be going through. Um, like just kind of a creative tone. Um, and then at the same time, I really do make sure I leave them with something. So some sort of, um, education or yeah, inspiration. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of follow that, but I, I'm a little more lax with it and just try to go in the moment because where I've tried, when I've tried to kind of force it more in the past, that's when I sometimes feel like it's like not as authentic or I can get burnt out. Um, and I feel like, ugh, like I don't even want to be on Instagram right now or, or posting or whatever. And um, I have to make sure that I just, yeah, stay in alignment with who I am and what I want to talk about and just not let it be, again, so perfect. But I, I have a little bit of a grid on my Instagram, which is like either pictures of me or pictures of food. 
every other with quotes. So I'm big on quotes and I definitely dive deeper in the kind of the stuff that I share on my Instagram specifically. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of get get into like the nitty gritty of mindset and stuff. It's definitely what I'm most passionate about, about sharing about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started doing um, the photo, quote photo as well. <laughs> Basically, to be perfectly honest, because I do not have enough photos to be posting yeah. over and over. I'm just, I, I guess I used to take a ton of photos when I was younger and I just don't seem to anymore. So for me, it just was to take that pressure off of myself mm-hmm. where I had to be showing up in a way that I didn't really feel energetically capable of showing up. I didn't want to be out all the time taking photos of me everywhere so I could post on social media. So um, I know a lot of people (laughs) struggle with what does the content look like, right? So I think kind of like you said, it's you don't have to do it any one way. It's really whatever way works for you. Yeah. And there's so much pressure with Instagram. I mean, I, to be totally real and authentic, and I feel like I can with this audience, which is full of other coaches, it's like it weighs on me sometimes. And like I stress about the numbers and my posts and stuff like that. And when I start feeling that, I'm like, I've got to take a step back. Life is so much more important than this. You know, my mission is so much more important. My community is so much more important. Like I've just recently like got really kind of too um, focused on like the numbers and how quickly I'm growing and people are liking what I'm sharing. And it's like, that's when I need to just step back and let my posts come simply from feeling creative or feeling inspired um, and just not letting it be so perfect. So yeah, I totally get that. (laughs) Yeah. Even shutting out the noise sometimes. And if you fall into that comparison trap, it's I like to look at it a few different ways. You know, if I'm really going down that comparison like rabbit hole, um, I'll stop following those people that are no longer serving me. And it's nothing to do with that person. It's just where I'm at. So, you know, I really set up those boundaries. Or if if it's a, available to me, what I really like to do is if I'm like feeling jealous of someone or, oh, wow, they have so much more success than me or, wow, look how many followers they have or whatever that kind of thing is coming up in me. Um, I really like to look at it and flip it as if they've if they have achieved that and it's accessible to them, that means it's accessible to me. That means that it's available to me because if someone else has created that, it means it's out there in the world. And I have there's nothing stopping me to get that. So I really have to work on that too, where I don't fall too much into the black hole mm-hmm. of it and and getting upset and depressed about it because, like you said, um, there's there really is a mission behind it. And if we get clouded and we forget that, we're not going to show up the way that people need us to show up. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you want real people who actually resonate with what you're sharing to like and engage with you. It's not really about the numbers because you could have all these like weird people following you that are just, I don't know, maybe you've paid for something to have followers or you're using some sort of service or you're super boosting your pictures or I don't know, there's all these things, right? That's fine. I guess everyone is entitled to do whatever they want to do with their account, but that's not necessarily going to convert into real clients or people who are actually going to want to pay for your programs and work with you and and engage with you. So at the end of the day, like the numbers don't really matter. If you have a few dedicated people, like you could have a community of 100, 200, 300 people. If like 50 of those people like love you and appreciate you and love your message and your story, you're going to do better than having five or 10,000 followers and like just 
kind of, it's almost like having quality over quantity friends, right? It's like, I'd rather have Mm -hmm. two best friends than 30 people who I only can have surface conversations with. So we have to remember that too, because I know, especially new coaches, like coming up now where Instagram has like completely taken off, it's such an oversaturated thing now versus like five, six years ago. Um, We have to remember that, that it's not all about the numbers. It's like kind of keep your blinders on. And I always wish we didn't even have to see how many followers anyone had. I think it would be Mm -hmm. so much better. Um, But unfortunately, we do. And that's part of why we get so kind of addicted to that and hung up on all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, focusing on really just like your message and what you want to bring and share with people. And that's going to serve you way more than like obsessing about how many followers you have or how many likes you have. Yeah, I, t- I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think, again, it's just checking in with ourselves, making sure that, um, you know, we're putting ourselves first, we're showing up for ourselves, and we're not burning out because there's so many things we need to balance as entrepreneurs um, that it can be really easy to burn out. And actually, before we um, started recording, Chelsea and I were just talking about all of the things that, you know, come with running a business and how when you're about to take on too much or when you feel that burnout coming on, it's really time to step back and um, change things or take things off your plate. So I would love to know, you know, when people are, you know, exactly what I said, balancing their business, um, how can they balance it so that they're showing up for their work and showing up for their community, but not burning out on the on the side as well? Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> I've gotten burnt out. Um few times. Um, I think it's just because the nature of being an entrepreneur, you're always on. And I work one-on-one with clients who have access to me. You know, they can text me, they can email me. Like I said, I'm very empathetic. So I I care and I want to hear from them. And I kind of take everyone's things on because I want to help them. And, um, you know, having a, I also have a podcast and a Facebook group and social media and all this stuff. It's a lot. So you have to be really careful about making sure you still carve out time for yourself and your real life and your real friends and the people you actually are, um, interacting with in real life. And, acknowledging that it's okay to take that time because I think we feel like in the beginning, especially if you're building your business and you're not as successful or you haven't monetized things to the level you think that you should yet, we almost don't feel deserving of taking time or like taking a vacation or resting or like getting good quality sleep because we're like, well, you know, there's all that kind of like hustle hard mentality and like I'll sleep when I'm dead. And we hear all these stories of (laughs) entrepreneurs who are like, I worked, you know, five jobs and like it's kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's positive, but it can also be negative because then you feel like, but is that what I should do too? And like, it's okay to be burnt out. And that's, you know, I, in order to be successful, I have to get burnt out and work 24 seven. So no, you don't have to, you can, you know, I think balance is this ultimate thing that all of us are striving for in every aspect of our life, but it's especially important for coaches and entrepreneurs to create some sort of balance, something that will ground you. Um, you know, so I like to take that time to ground myself. Um, I'm never one to say that I don't like watch Real Housewives or like <laughs> zone out watching TV or going to on like a day date or something with my fiance. I think that stuff is so important. And if you can kind of reprioritize and look at taking that time for yourself as just as important as the work that you do, you'll be okay. But, you know, 
you don't want to get burnt out because then it's like, it's like when you get really, really sick, <laughs> it's so much harder to like come back to a like a balanced homeostasis place. So you don't want to get burnt out. So what can you do to be proactive and preventative about that and really take care of yourself? And I think if you, especially for new coaches listening, if you start out that way, I think it'll be easier to maintain that. Totally. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, what do you think that that's something they should be doing every single day versus waiting until they get burnt out and then working on no. it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I would say like start now and it may feel weird. And I think this is something I see in just a lot of my clients who are moms or just career women or anyone really. We don't feel deserving of taking that time for ourselves, but there's that saying you can't fill from an or you can't pour from an empty cup. So, you know, I think it'll be different for each person. So whether that's taking time each day or each week or each month and self-care again, or taking time yourself doesn't have to be a massage or a vacation or something like extravagant. It can be like maybe getting out for a quick walk during the day or just taking a few deep breaths or, you know, talking on the phone with a friend, anything that's going to help you like not talk about business because especially as a new coach or a new entrepreneur, it's like, literally, and not just new, you and I feel this too, like there's endless Mm -hmm. things we could be doing on any given day. And there's like just an endless to-do list. So anything that will help you like actually turn off and check out from that, I think is really helpful. So don't, yeah, don't wait till you get burnt out to, to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It was a trick question I was giving you here. <laughs> but no, um, I mean, I know that if I'm like pushing, 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 and I'm like, I got to come up with um, some content for Instagram, or I need to like put something new on my website, and I'm getting that kind of writer's block or that creative block, I know for me that I need to go be near water. Yeah. Like water is the thing for me that's super grounding and I'm super lucky to live right across from the ocean and um, I just have to go and and just walk and then that creative energy starts flowing again. So I think that's really important to remember like when we're trying to push so hard and things aren't flowing, we really have to ask where can we take off a little bit of pressure? Where can we release a little bit? And more than likely, it's to focus on ourselves for a little bit because if we're not showing up for ourselves, we can't show up for our clients or our community. Exactly. So that's really important. All right. Well, this was such a nice chat. I just feel so revived when I talk to you. And you just remind me that it's okay to show up as me. It's okay to show up and share. And I know that everybody um, listening probably feels the same way where – they have that confidence now, or they're maybe feeling a little bit more confident to really just like be themselves and share and be that even just that one step ahead in order to share what they've been through. So thank you so much for going into all of this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love talking with you too. (laughs) Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. So um, why don't you tell everybody how they can connect with you if they want to join your community or listen to your podcast? Yeah, so I'm Nutrition with Chelsea. So my website's nutritionwithchelsea.com. My Instagram is nutritionwithchelsea. And then I host a podcast called Nutrition-ish. So we're on iTunes or you can listen directly from our website. I host with another amazing gal. Her name's Allie Hobson and she's a nutritional therapy practitioner. We're coming up on our year episode. So kind of, it's exciting. We've been doing this for a while now. We talk about 
real food mindset and everything in between. Um, so come on and check us out over there. And then, yeah, you can connect with me through Instagram or my website. Um, like I said, I have an ebook called Break Free from Disordered Eating, which you can grab on my website or Instagram as well. And I also have a private Facebook group. I know this is mostly coaches listening, but if anyone, you know, is still dealing with um, any issues around food in their body, it's a really safe space. It's a tight knit community. And um, that's just Nutrition with Chelsea as well. But you can find everything all linked through my Instagram bio. Yeah. And I'll also um, link everything in the show notes for everyone as well. And um, I just wanted to say that, you know, I think a lot of the time, like you said, I know this is for coaches, so you might not necessarily relate to that group. I think it's also really important to have a strong referral Mm -hmm. network. So even if you're listening and you're like, I don't really um, have you don't want to approach that topic or maybe you want to leave it to somebody that's been through it and is an expert in it that's really where you can start you know bringing in that referral system and creating that um, network of people where you know if you don't feel comfortable with that you then you know suggest hey Chelsea's a really good person you should um, follow along with and join her community so I just wanted to point yeah, that out as absolutely. well yeah. Okay, Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for everyone to listen or that has listened to this. And um, yeah, thank you again thank so you. much. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.